Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast, where you can expand your sustainable and ESG opportunities with insights from leaders in the field. I'm Paul Ellis, your host for these weekly conversations about developments in this fast-growing industry. The United Nations Financing for Sustainable Development Report 2021 just reported that over 120 million people have fallen back into extreme poverty, while 114 million jobs have been lost around the world during the pandemic. On today's program, we're going to talk about what this reversal of the past 10 years means to the sustainable finance world, asset managers, financial advisors, NGOs, and municipal governments, including the risks and opportunities this presents. My guest today is Preeti Sinha. She's an expert in these issues. Sinha is Executive Secretary at the United Nations Capital Development Fund, UNCDF. And she's been there since February of 2021. She has a 30-year track record in resource mobilization, innovative capital markets, strategy and business development. During her career as an investment and development banker, she has raised and managed $20 billion in institutional development capital. She has also honed her multicultural leadership skills at five global investment banks, two multilateral development banks, and the World Economic Forum. Hello, Preeti, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast. Thank you, Paul. Really delighted to be here and also to be talking to you today. Great. Well, I'm very excited about our conversation, and and let's get started. Preeti, you've taken on this new career challenge at a very difficult time for sustainable development in the least developed country economies around the world. COVID-19 has dramatically set back progress on the UN Sustainable Development Goals during the worst global recession in 90 years. So what immediate action must be taken to avoid a lost decade for many countries, which are sinking deeper into a cycle of poverty, hunger, and unsustainable debt? Paul, you're very right. I'm deeply affected by the economic stress that several people around the world are suffering as a result of the COVID pandemic. In my own life journey, I've been through four continents of Asia, Africa, North America, Europe, and been through several developing countries. I have seen extreme poverty and this situation just deepens it. So I feel we need a whole of society whole of government and whole of world approach with a lot of compassion and solidarity to address this and perhaps some new capital market structures. So I think as the UN Secretary General pointed out, we need science, solidarity and smart policies at the moment. Let me uh, maybe divide my response into three brackets. One, what the UN is doing currently in terms of this crisis response Uh, One, what other international agencies are doing, and one, what UNCDF has been doing. So in terms of the United Nations, there have been three plans that have been launched to help people go through this distress. One of them is called the Strategic Preparedness and Response Plan with WHO and partners, and that aims to raise about $1.74 billion dollars. Another one is called the Global Humanitarian Response Plan, which is headed up by OCHA. 
to the humanitarian agency for which you know plans to raise around 7.32 billion and then lastly there's the socio-economic response plan which aims to create a recover better trust fund of about a billion so these are some of the um, plans that the UN has put forth to help the situation. I see. Yes. And then, as you may know, um, the IMF has declared these um, $650 billion of special drawing rights, SDRs, which are sort of a reserve that member countries can call upon for long-term needs without impacting their debt sustainability. So I believe this is important as well because a number of de developing countries that need the money right now um, already have debt. So this is a great way forward together as a world economy. And uh, last year, the World Bank has well committed about 20 billion for countries participating in the G20 debt service suspension initiative, which includes all the IDA countries, which you may know, which has all the LDCs. Now coming to what we are doing uh, in our offices at UNCDF, so we have pivoted, you know, as we already work in the LDCs, but we've pivoted to help the LDCs in their response to COVID. So one of our interventions is called the Operational Expenditure Block Gap, which is a e-platform to help deliver COVID emergency grants to governments to help them at the local level, local governments to procure protective equipment, sanitizing material, masks, and help support struggling SMEs. Then we've also partnered with dig digital services firms and public sector organizations to create um, special products for the COVID economy, unfortunately. And this includes pivoting a company called Safe Boda, for example, in Uganda, which is normally a motorbike taxi company, but started delivering groceries and goods during the pandemic. And that has helped about 520 market vendors get onto this platform and serve 50,000 clients in the Ugandan economy. So we've helped uh, structure loans, as I mentioned, so that the borrowers could focus on recovery. So in summary, um, while you know, we are on the precipice of a lost decade, we think that a joint commitment by all people involved in development can play a critical role and the UN and UNCDF can do something there. Yes, Preeti, I, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with UNCDF uh, funding programs, and it seems that there it seems to me that there are a lot of opportunities to take advantage of those through other organizations, especially in the developing economies. And another key message from the Financing for Sustainable Development Report of 2021 is that official lenders should make very long-term sustainable finance available to developing countries by extending maturities of lending and exploring options for ultra long-term financing and investment strategies, long-term growth and development. So who are these official lenders? And can you give us an example of how this works to the benefit of all in the LDCs? Sure, Paul. As I mentioned in my earlier response, I would call the IMF's SDRs as one very valuable tool under this official lender um, category, as was the World Bank debt sus suspension uh, initiative. But the way we've approached it at uh, UNCDF is 
we've tried to bring in these official lenders to combine with private sector lenders to create new products that can impact these economies. So one example I'd love to give you is um, a blended finance fund that we have set up. And it pretty much started last year where we um, partnered with a company called Bamboo Capital Partners in Geneva, who are very experienced uh, impact fund managers. And we got government of Luxembourg as an official lender into this fund, which we are calling the Build Fund. And the Build Fund will help finance SMEs in the LDCs. So the government of Luxembourg came in. We also have interest from government of Norway. And the way this works is it's a leveraging effect, right? So in a blended fund, basically there's a first loss tranche with the official lenders provide, which helps create um, you know, the mezzanine level and a senior level tranche, which is where the private capital comes in. <clears throat> and we've um, done this uh, also as CDF. We also have a stake in this and we do it through uh, something we call beneficiary units which are kind of flexible equity type of instruments, which are not formally equity, but can help the UN be part of such uh, structures. So very proud of this um, and look forward for its growth um, and to serve the SMEs. That's terrific. So organizations like Bamboo Capital and the bill and, and uh, UNCDF are now partnering with official lenders in order to provide this type of financing around the world to the, to the economies of LDCs. Uh, so this global health and financial crisis creates unprecedented opportunities to invest in people, as you're just suggesting through that example. Governments can prioritize spending on social protection and health with international support to help the poorest countries, of course, including the building of social protection infrastructure. So Preeti, please explain to our audience what social protection infrastructure is and why it's so important to economic stability and growth in the LDCs. Thanks, Paul, for that question. A very vital question. So social protection, um, you know, is very essential in the whole development strategy because this helps to support the poor, the elderly, and the economically disadvantaged people in society. So mostly um, social protection comes in together with the country's development strategy and helps enhance human capital productivity, build resilience, and somewhere, somewhere end, you know, this... Uh, cycle of poverty for the most disadvantaged. So one of the examples that we um, helped build, which we were quite uh, happy and proud to, to be able to partner with, was with, with the government of Laos. There we partnered with the Ministry of Labor and Social Affairs, and we helped create a, a strategy called the National Social Protection Strategy, NSPS 2025, along with the UN country team in that country in Laos. And this was done last year, announced on 30th September, 2020. And in terms of the structure, this program focuses on health insurance, on social security and social welfare. So it helps target SDG one on no poverty, SDG two on zero hunger, 16 on peace and 17 on partnerships. And it was funded um, this initiative through the, uh, something called the joint SDG fund at the UN and also with DFAT with the um, 
Australian government. And even within the UN system, we partnered with ILO, UNICEF, and ourselves to create this program that would help um, around at least 1,400 children get welfare services during this pandemic era and beyond, hopefully, um, but helping structure this um, national social protection strategy with the objective of leaving nobody behind. So that's great. It's a, that's a very good example, again, of how this type of infrastructure can be implemented in these developing economies to protect the most, the people and the situations who are most in need. Now, in September of 2020, Preeti, I hosted a sustainable finance podcast webcam panel that included Charolata Singhal, one of your people at the United Nations uh, Capital Development Fund. And during that program about bridging the financing gap in developing economies, Charlotte and I discussed the question of how development finance in these countries focuses on achieving the UN SDGs by 2030 and how UNCDF participates in this process. So what is your view on bridging the financing gap having recently come into the role as executive secretary at UNCDF. Thanks, Paul. So my answer doesn't stray too far from Charu's. On your podcast earlier, Charu pointed out two concerns when it comes to investing in developing economies and frontier markets like the LDCs. One is the lack of bankable deals at scale and size. And one is investors' perceived risk the risk perceived or real is too high for several institutional investors to come into the LDC markets. And we would like to work with them to find ways to overcoming, overcome that. So in that context, our ambition, and we are in the midst of defining our strategic framework 2022-2025 for the next four years, our ambition is to be the UN's flagship financing agency for the LDCs. So when you think of CDF, you should think of finance for the LDCs. So in that um, aspect, we, given our work for the last 40 plus years, we don't believe that there's a lack of deals. We believe there are deals. There could be then methods of uh, pooling them or structuring them um, across portfolios like waste to energy or clean energy, et cetera, to make them of the scale and size that would be attractive to institutional investors. So what we are doing um, is in terms of uh, CDF, um, the future steps, we're creating a bridge facility, it's called Bridge, and where we want to raise $50 million for our own balance sheet so that we can help um, issue loans and guarantees. This is a very unique point of the UN, that UNCDF is the only agency perhaps in the UN system which has this kind of financing instruments and toolkits. And since we have exposure on the ground with our staff on the ground, we'd like to raise this fund and invest them as loans and grants. Then, as I mentioned earlier, we have the Build Fund with Bamboo Capital. And then we also have another interesting facility uh, in development finance called the International Municipal Investment Fund. Um, this we are do doing um, in our infrastructure work at the subnational level. So we also work uh, in a very interesting manner, I feel, at the local subnational level. And it's a blended fund focused on SDG-positive infrastructure products. 
project, sorry, to which um, we will work with Meridium Capital, which is a well-known global infrastructure firm out of Paris to work on investments. And then just to say that, you know, on the flip side, we also believe to keep building and strengthening the pipeline. So we're coming out with a concept called CDF 500, where we will um, target 500 companies within the LDCs that we would support either by our investments or getting them access to this institutional capital we talked about. And in doing this, uh, you know, three themes are cross-cutting for us. One is the women's economic empowerment, another is climate change, and third is biodiversity. So speaking of women's economic empowerment, UNCDF recently announced a partnership with 100 Women in Finance to give more women access to mentorship, networking, and opportunities to support business leadership initiatives. Tell us how this partnership will expand mentorship networks for women in finance in Africa. Yes, Paul. So, you know, at CDF, we've had a history of focusing on gender and women's economic um, entrepreneurship. So we've worked with SMEs, with digital finance to help support women across the LDCs. Recently, I also gave a talk at the Generation Equality Forum in Mexico, which is hosted by UN Women. And there we developed a new blueprint for a new architecture that will ensure economic justice and rights for girls and women. So one of the most important aspects of this blueprint of this architecture is to give women access to opportunities in entrepreneurship and help them reach the top levels of business to build their financial futures. So in that context, in just last week or so, we launched a partnership with 100 Women in Finance. And as you know, 100 Women in Finance is a network of at least 20,000 women in finance all across the world. And they believe in education, peer engagement, and impact. So this partnership that UNCDF CDF has with 100 Women in Finance focuses on empowerment of women in Africa. And uh, in that, we have a, a four-prong approach. We want to reach out to female financial leaders in Africa, uh, help them grow, and help them uh, mentor other women in the continent. We want to access young women in Africa and provide them mentorship to grow their careers. And then we would like to give them the opportunity to um, participate in visibility programs by the 100 Women in Finance so that they get known as uh, great companies of the future. And the fourth prong is using events, webinars, and social media to reach these goals. So we feel that by doing this uh, with 100 Women in Finance, we will afford the opportunity of um, access, mentorship, networking, and opportunities, which men have enjoyed for many decades. Yes, that's true. And UNCDF uh, has been a, a real leader in this area. Uh, so thank you for all of your efforts that are supporting the development of women, not just in finance, but as entrepreneurs and in many other forms of business around the world. So how can other leaders and firms in sustainable finance and investment partner with UNCDF to support post-pandemic rebuilding and renewal initiatives in developing economies around the world, Pretty. Well, I believe it's a real um, 
pivotal moment for capital markets to think differently and think how they can be an equal uh, playing ground for all countries. So we want to bring innovative instruments to capital markets. And we also believe that finance and the capital markets should be looking at the sustainable future for all of society, as I mentioned, all of the world. So in that context, um, as you know, the official development assistance ODA is there, but it's not enough to cover all the requirements and especially the demands on development that have increased during COVID. So we believe the, the guarantee instruments are becoming quite important. And UNCDF is um, able to issue these guarantees. So for example, we teamed up with UNDP and we have a program called NAMA, which is National um, Appropriate Mitigation um, you know, Strategies. And we helped uh, guarantee a solar energy uh, farm in, uh, in Ghana. So that's one of uh, the kind of guarantee work that we do that enables other capital to come in. So we do this uh, activity from our own balance sheet. And we also help you know, the SMEs on the ground with really um, build up capital. We give them grants and TAs so that they can evolve to the next level. And then we stand ready with our loans to help them move on to a very commercial level. So we are in the most challenging markets and trying to get capital into these markets. I mentioned before, uh, you know, the partnership with Bamboo Capital and with Meridium. Uh, and these are both very unique uh, ways of bringing other private capital, which these um, two agencies, these two funds will raise um, from their own networks to bring market to, to these LDCs. And lastly, just to say, uh, I'm, I'm conceptualizing something called, uh, you know, human development tokens, still very early days, but I'd like to create a, a sort of an instrument that can invest directly into human development. So, you know, what, what does it take to take a person from extreme poverty to a basic standard of living? And that can that quantity become an investable item so that we can take all people to a basic standard of living? Priti, uh, UNCDF is involved in so many terrific programs. I know we could speak uh, for much longer about all of them, but we're just about out of time in today's program. So where can the Sustainable Finance podcast, podcast audience learn more about UNCDF's mission and contact you regarding details of the Financing for Sustainable Development Report 2021 and UNCDF's partnership with 100 Women in Finance? Paul, uh, to contact us, I would encourage everyone to go to our website, www.uncdf.org to learn more about our mission and also these initiatives like our partnership with 100 Women in Finance. For the report on um, financing, they can go to the website developmentfinance.un.org. And uh, to reach me, so you can just um, email me at preeti.sinha at uncdf.org. Thanks again to Preeti Sinha, Executive Secretary at the United Nations Capital Development Fund, that's UNCDF. And to our listeners, Please join us again next week for another episode. I'm Paul Ellis, your host for the Sustainable Finance Podcast.